Welcome to the milk bar. 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 Welcome along to episode 597 of the milk bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. And without further ado, it's time to switch on the Christmas lights. There we go. So, coming up on the show this week, we'll be having a chat with Adam Gillian uh, about a charity single, Raising Funds for Acting for Others. It is Ghostlight. It's an absolute treat and is all about the world of theatre. We'll be joined by Paul Woodman of Love Cars. They've got an ITV4 show and their YouTube channel highlighting some fantastic vehicles, hearing all about that. We'll be having a chat with Pam Cole-Hudson all about gazebos at work, not only around Christmas, but also throughout the year gone by and what they have to come. We'll have a natter with Nick Ralph. He is James Herriot in All Creatures Great and Small, the new Channel 5 series. We'll be having a look at that as it's arrived on DVD and download. Dwayne AJ shares his latest single, Limitless Love, with us. Also, we'll be hearing from Neil Redding at the Arena Theatre about their work coming up in the run-up to Christmas with some fantastic things every weekend. Also, we'll be joined by Chris Meredith. He has a brand new song out too. He's worked with Kellen, an artist from the US. It's Christmas is the name of the track as part of an EP. You'll be able to hear that and find out more about this, how that all came together, starting out with some poetry. That's on the way. And before we go, Neil Curtis will be joining us to say a few words about his forthcoming Advent event. That will make sense later. That's all coming up on The Milk Bar this week. Gazebo theatre used to putting smiles on people's faces, but separated from their audience in a way that they never have been before. Has something cooked up for Christmas that's going to be a treat? To tell us more, I'm joined now by Pamela Cole Hudson. Hello! Hi there! How are we doing? I'm very well, thank you. Good stuff. And, and looking forward to festivities, and you are going to make Christmas for people with this project that you have ongoing, aren't you? We really are, yes. Um, as you said, we, we always try and put a smile on people's faces and do everything we can to support our community. Um, it has been challenging this year, but um, we have a brilliant project called Gazebo Mindful Support, and um, where we're going to be providing lots of support for people. And we also thought, what better way to um, put a smile on everybody's faces than re-releasing our Christmas single from last year. Well, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well received last year. Another chance to say, but Christmas songs, they become timeless, don't they? And this is one of those which we're proud of in our area, but is something which is uh, just such good fun and with a great team behind it, uh, you know, and, and a fantastic video, which being from last year was recorded before lockdown. So it looks like a proper Christmas. It does. And we thought, uh, I mean, it brought a tear to my eye, I have to say, watching it again and <laughs> thinking about how it was last year as opposed to this year. But hopefully it's a reminder to everybody that, um, you know, we will return to that and, um, and, and the joy of being able to be in a space with the people that we love. But in the meantime, we can still spread joy uh, in a remote and virtual way. <laughs> Absolutely. But I mean, remind people about Gazebo and some of the work that you've done in the past. And it, it, it's been all sorts of different waves of gazebo-ness that have sort of taken over the world at different times. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So Gazebo is 41 now. Um, uh, we're heading towards our 42nd birthday. Mm -hmm. uh, it's gone so fast. And um, Gazebo is a theatre and education company at its core. So touring schools and colleges, um, 
with shows exploring different subjects, helping with education and also different issues as well. So we continue to do that work, but also we do a whole raft of other work, um, supporting people into employment, supporting people that have got barriers in their lives um, into, uh, by providing mentoring, counselling. And through this time particularly, we have delivered a raft of new supports, providing um, remote telephone and video course support for children and young people in partnership with Bernardo's because we know that so many people have been affected um, significantly um, and we as an organisation we needed to do something to support them. Yeah because I mean you're more than just bringing things to the stage I and mean, you're blooming awesome at that but also <laughs> the bit that goes alongside it is the fact that you're helping to, to build people's confidence, give them a skill set. And as much as we've heard the arts done down on at times over the last six to eight months now, really, I mean, the arts is what makes this nation thrive. And it's whether you, you've got to stand up in front of people to do a presentation in a boring office job uh, or, and you know, then take some skills that you learned because you know how to tread the boards uh, as, as a pantomime dame. Actually, you know, those things, are, they're, they're all just part of life and making people uh, the broadest they can be. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's the, the key to what we do. We use creativity to build people's confidence and skills. Um, and now more than ever, we're seeing that people really need the resilience to get through this mm -hmm. um, and to be able to support each other. And certainly the confidence that's built through participation in the arts around um, getting jobs, around being able to pursue our dream careers, it's so significant. Um, what we're really trying to do, along with lots of arts organisations across the country, is demonstrate how important it is to people's emotional and mental well-being as well. Absolutely. Um, I mean, through, through lockdown, we were very fortunate to receive um, funding through um, the Arts Council and the National Lottery Community Fund and the government funding. Um, so we were able to continue to employ, I think it was around 26 freelance creative practitioners mm -hmm. through lockdown because they've been so hard hit. So much of their work um, was cancelled. Uh, and, and it, we did a whole raft of videos, um, et cetera, with our freelance creative practitioners, which was brilliant. Um, and we'll continue to do that. Into next year, we're starting um, a training programme through the Kickstart scheme. We'll be providing jobs for young creatives as well. So we're, we're really trying to um, make sure everyone sees the value and the importance of the arts. Mm -hmm. Well, we will be hearing and chatting with uh, the stars of the Christmas single uh, <laughs> next week. Uh, meanwhile, I say this week has been the, the, the serious but yet still fun side of Gazebo, so we can get a hint <laughs> of what's going on. So you, you're, you're, the, you're the good bit that's, that sets the scene for the, uh, the madness that will follow. But uh, uh, you, the single itself, uh, raising funds for yeah, a fantastic cause. Well, yeah, I mean, what we've decided to do, um, because our fellow dancing bin men are, are selling a single to raise money for charity, and we want people to, to buy that single so they raise that money. Um, people don't have to pay for our video, so watch our video on YouTube and then buy the Dancing Bin Men song. That's what we'd like you to do. Get them to number one. Um, for us, what we're doing, this is to promote the services that we're mm -hmm. offering. So we our Project Mindful Support, um, there's a phone number people can call or email us if they need help. 
and we're providing information, advice and guidance, signposting, mentoring, counselling. And we're also helping people to get online as well. So people that might be struggling with digital media. Um, and our fellow stars will be providing well-being packs. So 100 <laughs> well-being packs will be delivered by our Panto stars in yep. the run-up to Christmas as well. So people will be uh, seeing our Panto team <laughs> and princess around the streets of Wolverhampton delivering well-being packs. Social distance with face masks on, I'm sure, which is the way everything Absolutely. is these Absolutely. days. But I think you can, you can, you can take you know, a face mask to the next level. If you're a panto dame or a princess, you're expecting bling either way, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. That'll be good. This is it. We can have a lot of fun with the first mask. Absolutely. So where do we go to get the video and see, enjoy and uh, make the most of, of what's going to be a brilliant Christmas because you're going to make it that way? Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. If you visit our YouTube channel, Gazebo Theatre, you can also follow us on Twitter, um, again, Gazebo Theatre, on Facebook, on Instagram, and our video will be doing the rounds on there as well. Uh, please spread it. Please spread joy. Absolutely. Um, and all the resources from the last six months plus are there too. Uh, and all the work that you've done with things like Mindful Support. And you've actually got a, a number for contact there as well, haven't you? Absolutely. Yeah, that's 07393 Or people can email us on mindfulsupport at gazebotheatre.com. And that can be a number they use if they you know, want to talk through or have been affected by issues that they've seen in the videos. And, and how, how would they use that? Absolutely. Just give us a call. Um, we've got a really friendly, lovely team um, and they will actually give you support and um, pass you through to a mentor that will work with you directly as well or um, give you advice around the other brilliant organisations across Wolverhampton that are there to support you as well. Well, you are absolutely one of those brilliant organisations up there doing some brilliant, fantastic work, fantastic theatre, fantastic fun and all lovely people as well. I know this from the number of times I've yeah, come into contact with you uh, over the years. It's a, a brilliant yeah, project and uh, you know, it, it, it's great to know that we've got these people working together at the heart of our community in Wolverhampton. And of course, with that uh, financial support that you've received through the government funding, it, it, again, it shows the importance of what you're doing. And uh, I know a lot of people missed out, unfortunately, but I'm glad you were there to be able to carry on the work that you've got ongoing across the city yeah. and beyond with the, the magic of the internet and everything you're doing there. For now, Pamela Colhudson, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thanks so much for having us. Ghostlight is a single which is going to be raising funds for charity this year. To tell us more, I'm joined now by one of the brains behind the project. That is Adam Gillian. Hello, sir. Hello, hello. How are we doing? Very well, very well. How are you? I'm very well too, thank you. Right, so explain a bit more about your collective and what's going on. I was on tour, I'll, I'll talk about the Genesis of it. So I was on tour with um, a show called Beautiful, um, which is a musical by the Carl King story. Um, and that was going on tour around uh, around the UK from January this year. And then obviously the, the lockdown happened uh, in March, which cancelled the rest of the tour. So I was back home in uh, Northern Ireland. And um, I just kind of saw... A lot of my friends sort of, you know, increasingly worried about the industry and I saw a lot of other people starting to do sort of lockdown videos and things like that. Um, and I'm a songwriter as well as an actor, so I um, had nothing but time on my hands because we were stuck in the house. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I got back into my writing and um, started writing a song that ended up being Ghost Light. 
And then uh, I chatted to a pal of mine, Cameron Sharp, who is, I think, from your area. Um, and uh, he helped me kind of sort of push it towards being a charity single, really. He kind of said, yeah. I kind of had the sort of lockdown thought of like, oh, do you think this could be a charity single? And he was like, yeah, absolutely, let's do it. <laughs> so he, he was very much like, he saw the ball, the proverbial ball, picked it up and ran with it, and I kind of had to chase after him with it. And here we are now, and uh, so, yeah, Cameron being our link to the city of Wolverhampton, but uh, uh, you know, the, the show Beautiful has toured to the Grand in the past, and so it, it all kind of fits to together into this this big mesh where the arts we know now that, that we we don't know an awful lot i think we we now know we know less than we thought we were going to know at this point and uh, <laughs> even some of the things that plan for, for panto this year uh, are potentially hanging in the balance depending on which tier areas end up in and you know, fingers crossed things will start to calm and ease in the run to christmas based on everything we've done during this latest, latest lockdown but Theatre needs help, and in particular, theatre performers need help because they, they don't know where their next job's coming from. Now, often it's like that anyway. You guys are often prepared for a little period of, should we say, uh, alternate work. But as it is, this is the longest anybody in theatre has probably gone without being able to do their proper job. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, at least there is... Uh, there is two edges to the sword of lockdown and the, the closure of the theatre industry in that, yeah, you're right, most performers and actors are uh, used to waiting for a wet, you know, auditioning and knowing when, trying to figure out when the next job is coming. Um, but at least uh, in a non-COVID world, there's the potential of getting a job because mm -hmm. theatre's open. Um, so that kind of spurs you on a bit, whereas at the minute there's, there's you know, very little going on. Um, and... You know, it's a resilient industry. I said, I said in another interview about it. Um, it's a really resilient industry, and so many people are really doing their best with other charity singles and other other um, movements to try and raise awareness um, about it. But um, it's. I do think we're going to come back. I think next year's the time we're going to come back swinging. But until then, people need, especially as, as well, so many you know, performers are self-employed and so many of my friends who are self-employed somehow fell through the cracks of all the financial aid that came from the government. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so they are definitely part of the excluded UK. Um, so they're, they're struggling even more than other people. So it's just, it's been one of those things where I just want, I just want them to help. So I have a song, I, I, most people have some kind of microphone in their house these days, and uh, Cameron helped to enlist some very, very nice uh, West End people that I don't know very well. Um, <laughs> but they, uh, they, very glad they came on to the track. And it took a little while to put it together because everyone was recording rem remotely from their, from their houses all over the UK. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, so <laughs> it took. It took a lot longer than I, I wanted to release it in like August, and it took so long to get everything together. Well, Christmas uh, is the time yeah. to do these things. I mean, and uh, and the story behind it. I mean, Ghostlight is the name of the light which is left on in the theatre because theatre should never be completely dark. And exactly. uh, is is that that's where you started from with the song? I take it. Yeah. So I actually um, before Beautiful, I was in a show called Hades Town, and the. Uh, in the national, but then it went over to Broadway, mm -hmm. and uh, I followed the producer of that on Instagram, and he 
in April, I think, put a post up of an actual old antique ghost light mm-hmm. in America on the in the Walter Kerr Theater. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. I didn't know. I, I did not know that that was a thing. I had no idea what a ghost light was. Mm-hmm. Um, and he put a little blurb on his Instagram about it. And I was like, okay, cool. So I kind of took inspiration from that in the sense that I was like, oh, okay, there's like, it's a bit, it's a funny thing as well because it's it has two two meanings of the same sort of seed in the sense that it can either mean like that you you're keeping the light on to like please the the theater ghosts mm-hmm. as it were, or you're keeping it on to ward them away. Yeah. So it's depending on your outlook on life, but um, yeah. So that's that's kind of where it came from, and then I uh, yeah from from there the lyrics the melody. The chords came quite easily, so um, it's always good. It's always easier to write something when you have quite a clear. I mean, it was right in front of me, like everything happening, mm-hmm. the theater industry closing out. Like it was right there. It was on my news. It was all over my Twitter. All my friends were talking about it. It's easier to write about that than it is to try and sort of snatch something abstract out of the air. But um, I chose acting for others as the charity as well because um, you you would think that acting for others is just like. Is, is just the charity, but it's actually the, the umbrella body that covers about 14 theatrical charities across the board, mm-hmm. from dance to crew to um, older actors to younger actors. It's there's a charity for each each person, so it's um, it's quite inclusive that way. So that's why I chose that. Um, but yeah, so it's it's been really it's been amazing to get everyone involved. Um, my brother, I would this wouldn't happen if my brother wasn't such a good producer. Um, <laughs> but he like he's he. He left music uni, and uh, a year later, he's he's just an absolute machine when it comes to music production. And I sent him. Some people sent me some uh, some very interesting vocal takes, not in the sense of their vocal, but of their recording environment. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> he, he had a quite a hard job of trying to like extract the good stuff, but got it yeah, there in the end. Yeah, the good stuff out of the takes, <laughs> but um, but he did it. So I'm I'm very glad of that. And yeah, he's he's incredible. Um, um, my, my friend Ben um, is an incredible graphic designer as well, so he did the, the artwork for it as well. So um, I was I was just very lucky that I was surrounded by people who could do way more better things than I can. So it, I was just like, team effort is always the best. That is how theatre works. It goes from everybody behind the scenes, working box office, through stage door, through to musicians, the the crew, the lighting, and the performers on stage. So that is. Just the way it works. And I think that's the ethos of the track as well. Raising money for an absolutely excellent cause, helping those in the industry who need it. And there are many who really do need this assistance now. So before we take a listen to it, where do we go and buy it, etc.? Uh, yeah, so it's it's uh, it's available now on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, all, all streaming platforms that you can you can think of. It's on there. So the title is um, Ghost Light. How do we find it by uh, by name? The track's called Ghost Light and it's under the, the Ghost Light Ensemble. So... so. Simple as that. Look out for it, have a listen in, enjoy it, share it, and most importantly, donate where you can, as well as buying the track and sticking it on repeat on Spotify as you enjoy uh, the next few weeks. That should actually do the job. Uh, but for now, part of the team behind an absolutely fantastic track, raising money for a brilliant cause. Adam Gillian, thank you for joining us. No, not at all. me. I can't see a thing Night is creeping in No more tales of war Or songs of soldiering 
Waiting for the dawn Hope to carry on I've wandered too far out Towards the edge And I feel like breaking down Wooden floors cry out in pain Words are locked into the page Spectres calling out our name Cause the ghost lights on again Nothing to be done No orchestra one The streets of all the hearts left them wandering. When the sun I saw echoed down the hearts, a symphony of sound slips from my grasp and it's tearing me apart.
little while ago how the arena are becoming an online theatre as well as the fun stuff they would normally do in real life. They've got a couple of productions under their belt and tier three won't stop them producing more. To tell us more, I'm joined now by Neil Redding. Hello. Hi, Jason. How are you? I'm good, thank you. And I hope we find you well. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Busy but good. And that's, well, being busy is good as well. Yeah, I mean, busy is the thing you've been striving for most of the year. You've created that through the funding that you've had in. You've got some fab new gear to play with down there. And I know you like your electronic toys. So that's been a good start. And what is going on? What's happening at the minute? Yeah, so we're, um, we're starting to play with being online, uh, which we think might be the case maybe up until about Easter time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have uh, got a few shows coming up. We're trialing things, we're testing things, different models, different ways of working and, and trying to bring some, some stuff out for the, for the festive season. So um, nice and busy over the next few weeks. In fact, for the next three weekends, we've got things on offer, which is really fantastic. And and things to keep people occupied over the Christmas break as well. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. So there have been some announcements. So uh, let's get things going. So first week in De- weekend in December. So that's first, second, third, fourth, fifth and sixth. Of fifth of December. Yeah, yeah fifth of December. We've, uh, we're welcoming back um, Taking Flight Theatre, who we've done quite a bit of work with over the last couple of years. They've got a show called Three Little Drops, which is for uh, young people. So sort of uh, three to seven year olds. and But of course, their families. Um, and that's been hosted on Zoom um, by Taking Flight. It's quite interactive. Um, it'll be uh, their usual brand of, of interesting storytelling for, for children. And um, there are only a few tickets left. Uh, two shows, 11am uh, and 2pm, uh, Saturday the 5th of uh, December. And yeah, tickets are going fast. And because it's on Zoom, they are limited. Um, a lot of the stuff we've got coming up is unlimited. We can sell as many tickets as we like, but for that one, um, there are only so many spaces in the room. So, um, yeah, there's, there's tickets still available, but get them fast for that one. Okay, do get in there quickly on that. And then uh, working Sundays too? Uh, oh, no, 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 we don't do Sundays. Okay, that's cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we can avoid it. So, um, so that, no, that, just, that, puts us, that. that puts us on the uh, 12th then for the next one. Yeah, so the following weekend, actually, the Friday, Saturday, and actually, yes, the Sunday as well, <laughs> um, we've got a, an interactive online pantomime. So um, uh, the professional production, but shot in lockdown. So there's three performers. They've been out on location. Um, uh, Helen Noble, who used to be in Hollyoaks, uh, Graham Tudor, who was uh, Joseph on the West End for many, many years. Um, they run the Tread Theatre School. Mm-hmm. who have been to the arena a number of times. Um, and this is their offering for Christmas. So pantomime, there are five performances, I think. One on the Friday, two on the Saturday, two on the Sunday. Um, plenty of tickets left um, and available. And, and the joy of that one, um, it's another pre-recorded stream, um, unlimited tickets. So we can just keep selling and selling and selling. <laughs> um, obviously, as we're now in tier three, um, a, lot of, a lot of the pantomimes in the local area are, are not going to be able to happen. Um, and we hope this this is a, an alternative um, and, and um, it, you know, they'll have done a really great job on it. I'm really excited to see it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, long history of, of pantomime performers, all three performers uh, in that show. Have, I've got, you know, several decades of panto <laughs> experience under their collective belts. Um, and it'd be really fantastic to see them. And, and you can book that through the uh, through the arena as well. So what you're saying is it's basically it's proper panto, www.arena.wlv.ac.uk and get That's yourself involved, yeah? 
Absolutely, yeah. It'd be really good fun, that one. Okay, next we're heading ever closer to Christmas in this description, so let's test your memory on what's coming. I've got to work the data. That was the 11th, 12th, 13th. So yep. the 12th, hang on, two off the 14th, so it's 22nd. Is it 22nd? Yeah, a bit earlier than oh. that. A bit earlier than that. Oh, hang on. No, no. Yeah, 19th. Yeah, 17th. Right. Um, I'm not very good at these day things. So 17th, right? Okay, 17th, we've got what? I mean, time's an abstract concept at this point, <laughs> you know, 10 months into lockdown. So, um, yeah, 17th Flexus are with us. They've got a show called Expedition, which is a sort of celebration of local dance artists, companies. Um, there'll be some professional work from Flexus as well. They're new professional, new professional there. Long established now, professional company. It still feels new, um, but they'll be presenting new work. Uh, Jay Patel will be part of that with Jay and Patel Dance. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Marcia Edwards Dance are part of that. Lots of really great um, uh, dance from around the region, and that'll be available for a few days after the 17th. I don't think we've quite decided how many days yet, but um, it will go. Uh, it will go out first on the 17th, and then it will be um, it will be available for a few days afterwards. Um, again, that one will be, I, I, I still think we're undecided actually whether it will be live or pre-record or bits of pre-record, bits of live. We haven't quite worked out the, the kit and what we're doing for that one, but it'll be exciting, whatever it is, um, for, for both the people on stage and those of us backstage who are trying to work out how we're delivering all of this stuff. <laughs> but so this is what I like about it. I mean, this is live theatre streamed. And uh, you know, we, we've, we've seen things like National Theatre Live over the years, and we've never had it really in, in, in such a way as we can interact in a venue that we know. I mean, I, I've been to the arena probably uh, hundreds of times now to some amazing shows, seen some, uh, some great stuff, some weird stuff, some amazingly funny stuff, and some stuff which makes you think, that was different and this, this is the joy of having a, a theatre like the arena and this is what you're now bringing to people on, on screens in the home and the, the best bit is these are all professional performers it's not like I mean I'm not doing down anybody who's been having a bit of a giggle on YouTube because we've needed that but this is you know, next level and this is seeing people in the arts paid for the jobs that they have they are proper jobs yeah absolutely and and you know people who have um, who've not been able to work for the last nine months um, and so the energy that's around the building at the moment, obviously we, we can't have audiences in, but we've, we've been open most days for rehearsal or, or, you know, research and development, all sorts of stuff that's going on, testing out cameras and, and trying to make these things work. And, and the energy in the building is incredible because these people, all of us who are involved in the creative industries, we've not been able to be creative in the, the way that we uh, we know for, for months and months and months. So there's a real energy about it. And I think it's really going to translate to the work. Um, we finished our run to Christmas with um, Dark Tales in Winter bringing back the signalman. Mm -hmm. So uh, for those that joined us last year for the ghost stories for Christmas, um, we're bringing back one. We hope to bring the other one back in the new year in some way, but but we're, we're sort of uh, walking before we can run with these. Um, but uh, the signalman, which is the Charles Dickens ghost story adaptation mm -hmm. um, by Matt Beams that we presented last year. We are going into the arena on the 8th and 9th of December to record that. Um, and this one is probably the one that will feel the most filmic. Um, so we're not, uh, we're not just putting a camera or three cameras in position and filming the stage show. We're actually reworking the stage show to make it work better for the screen. Um, and we'll be doing that 8th and 9th of, of December and it will be available. Um, we're going to put it out as if it was a theatre show. 
on the 18th, 19th and 20th of December. So mm -hmm. it'll be going out at half past seven um, as a, a sort of as live. Um, although, as I say, we're, we're pre-recording mm -hmm. it the week after next. Um, so it'll go out 7.30 on the 18th, 19th and 20th. Um, and then from the 21st of December right through to the 4th of January, it will be available on demand. So there are three chances to catch it as if you're coming to the theatre. Which I like. Um, I like that idea. I like the fact that this is still yeah. real. It's still an event. You can still dress up, sit down with some popcorn, some ice cream and, and enjoy yeah. yourself. Absolutely. And we'd encourage people to do that. You know, the, the last weekend before Christmas, we really encourage audiences to, to treat it as a night at the theatre, even though they'll be in their front room. Um, but we're also aware that, that people's schedules and timescales at this time of year are all over the place. And who knows what we're going to be doing with three household bubbles and tears and, and, and who knows what Christmas is going to look like. But if you find yourself on the 28th of December with a free hour and you need some entertainment and you're fed up of watching Morecambe and Wise reruns on, on ITV4, um, although I find that hard to believe. You can't, you can't get bored of that. that. Bad, bad example, um, but anything else. If you've yeah. just had enough um, and you want an hour's escapism um, with, with some local performers, some local talent um, and, and the ticket you know, money go being invested back into into a local theatre. Um, the Sigma will be available whenever you want it, right through um, until January the fourth. Um, we're really, really excited to, about this one. We're in rehearsal this week. Um, we're recording it next week, and then we we go into the edit. Um, and we're really excited about what we can do with the new with the new platform. Mm -hmm. So um, we really hope people are coming and and give it a try with us. It's ten pounds for a ticket. You can sit as many people around that TV what for your £10 as you like. Um, but we're really, really excited. Obviously, up to your three families and, you know, under the current guidelines. But stick as many people around the telly as you can. Um, but but we're really excited to, to be bringing that. And it'll be a real... Uh, again, these are all experiments, but I suppose it's this experiment we have the most faith in, I think, and, and the one that we think is going to really fly. Um so so we're excited um you know there's there's great stuff coming up every weekend between now and christmas and then on-demand content right through as well into the new year um and then hopefully we're still we're still working on a plan that we might have audiences in the building um sometime in february and march um but in the interim you know we'll be bringing you all the stuff online um right until we're able to get uh, get our venue open again mm -hmm. um but uh, yeah we're really excited and and uh, it's all on the website all the details are there as well www.arena.wlv.ac.uk check it out there and make your front room the front row at some brilliant shows as we head through the festive period all brought to you courtesy of the arena at the heart of the city it's sort of yeah, bolted on the side as part of the University of Wolverhampton absolutely brilliant stuff Neil always a pleasure to speak to you normally it's in real life I and mean, when you were talking about the, the signalman and all that and I had a flashback to doing actual interviews with you in the theatre last year which was, uh, it was a treat to be able to be you know, part of that I look forward to hopefully being back there with you with cameras on tow and you never know it was part of what looks like a burgeoning TV empire that you're creating over there too but uh, thanks for joining us and have a fantastic Christmas we hope so you too Jason have a good Christmas Boys own may have their white suits and stools. Somebody who's got an impeccably white puffer jacket and knows how to use it is Dwayne AJ, who joins me now to have a bit of a natter about his latest single, Limitless Love. Hello, sir. Hi, Jason. You all right? I'm good. Good to have you along. And uh, the video uh, I have already seen, and uh, this is you enjoying the great outdoors, keeping warm, and telling a, a fantastic tale. So explain how Limitless Love came to be. Okay, so um, Limitless Love is a ballad track, obviously. 
and um, I'm not usually one for writing ballads. I'm usually, um, you know, I like upbeat sort of songs. But I thought, you know, if I'm gonna be, uh, you know, take myself as a serious artist, it would be nice to have a ballad because everyone does a ballad, doesn't they? You it, know, it's compulsory. I think. I think it's, it's a, a rite of passage, very much. And with your yeah. poppy, upbeat sound that we normally hear, again, as I've referred to some of the, uh, the the big boy bands, I mean, you've got the whole thing without having to have four friends along with you. Uh, you know, it, it it does the job with uh, the, the the fun sound you're bringing, and and but always fresh as well. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of the, like the feel I wanted to go for. So the song is actually about 16-year-old me um, falling in love with somebody who um, ended up going out with one of my friends. <laughs> um, which, but in the end, I ended up marrying him. So you know, it was it was meant to be. You know, but later on in life. Um, so yeah, the the song is actually about that. You know, it's about my husband and and you know not recognising me, um, and. Yeah, so that that's kind of what it's about, you know. But you're bearing your soul on uh, a song here, but also sharing the, the, this love that you have, which is which is absolutely brilliant. But I mean, it is sometimes difficult writing something from the heart like that. But uh, you know, this is it's it's a good news story for definite, and it uh, it tells the tale of how you know some paths uh, they take a while to cross in the right places, but certainly uh, the, the the journey to get there helps to build that strength in relationship. Yes, exactly, exactly. So, you know, um, I think like, I mean, it's a long time ago now when I was 16. <laughs> you don't have to let on to your age because we know you're still pretending to be 21. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But um, yeah, you know, it was, ni it was nice to write a, a ballad track actually. And um, that was, like I said, the first one I wrote, um, you know, for the album I'm going for. You know, it is a classic 90s, uh, early noughties sort of pop album, you know, and I do feel like it's it's got that feel to it, you know. Um, and then the music video, I just at first I was like, how am I going to react, you know, this story? <laughs> how how is this going to happen? I thought, well, I don't really want to be sitting on a wall, um, you know, probably wearing whatever I wore in school, a uniform or something, and then you know reenact it. I just thought, hmm. That's not really the kind of look I'm going for. <laughs> so yeah, I just came up with this amazing idea to have it in the um, Victoria Gardens in um, Truro. Mm -hmm. And it kind of just fit, you know? And like with the day was really, the, you know, the weather was lovely um, and it was cold, you know? It was like that crisp sort of autumn cold, you know? So it kind of went really, really well with the video, just without the snow. <laughs> mm -hmm. So oh, that was all it needed. You could see your breath as you were singing, so uh, that sort of added to that that moment as well. And the song itself, I mean, lends itself to uh, a nice bit of Sunday morning listening, or you know, pop it up on the wireless any time of day. You're going to absolutely love it. We'll take a listen to it in a bit and get a feel for the whole ambiance of the piece. But I mean, they say you've got the new album on the way, and there's, there's music. There's plenty of music from you out there. So where do we go to find out all the details about your current work? If you would like to find out more about me. And obviously, please download the single. Um, you can go onto my Facebook page at Dwayne AJ Music. Um, and you can also go onto Spotify. You can find me on there. And also, I do post a lot of behind the scenes um, videos and some extra videos, you know, um, of other music onto um, my YouTube channel. Um, and everything is under Dwayne AJ Music. You can also find me on Instagram. You can pop on there. 
Um, also, just before I forget, I wanted to mention uh, two big people who worked with me on the whole thing. Um, Bizarre Music Studios, they've been absolutely amazing. They've worked on most of my tracks so far, um, and they're from Italy, so um, they're fantastic producers. Um, and the other one is Daniel Philbrooks, which he is under Shirt and Tie Productions, and he is the one that does all my videos and stuff like that. So, yeah, everyone, if you need a video, he is the guy to contact. <laughs> so check all of that out and uh, enjoy the music uh, first. Look at the behind-the-scenes stuff as well and see how the magic happens. And just don't even think about the dry cleaning bill for the jacket that he's wearing in this video because it must be an absolute nightmare keeping that thing pristine. <laughs> However, Dwayne AJ, thank you for joining us and we're looking forward to uh, enjoying that track now. And uh, good luck with what comes in 2021. Thank you very much. Um, also, I just want to mention quickly, um, if you would like a physical copy, guys, you can get one of those. I've only got 20 available. So they need to grab them quick, okay? Limitless love, but limited edition when it comes to the CDs. Dwayne, thank you for joining us, as I say, and uh, we're now going to enjoy the song. You're welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Me 
The Love Cars YouTube channel is for people who actually love cars. And now they're partway through a series screening on ITV4 too, as they are out on the road. To tell us more, I'm joined now by Paul Woodman. Hello, sir. Um, we're good. How are you, Jason? I'm very well, and I trust we find you enjoying uh, seeing yourself on ITV4. Well, I don't think anyone enjoys seeing themselves on, on the screen. <laughs> I certainly don't. I, I, I literally am hiding behind a pillow most of the time, which is odd because, as you just said, we've been on YouTube for, for a number of years. But it's just there's something about television that makes you sort of you no know, I don't think anybody particularly likes seeing themselves on TV unless you're a real narcissist perhaps we, we won't go into names there however uh, it's a <laughs> it, it's it's great to actually have the opportunity uh, for a, a, a traditional broadcast audience uh, as well as your many hundreds of thousands of followers on uh, YouTube and and love cars the whole ethos of this is a sensible budget some amazing cars and really telling that car story uh, rather than some of the, uh, the the glamour which which can distract at times. Not that you and Tiff aren't glamorous, of course. <laughs> We've got a little bit of glamour in the show. There's certainly a little bit of glamour in the show as well, but we want the cars to be glamorous, as you quite rightly said. Mm -hmm. the, the cars are the stars, uh, without trying to sound too cliche or too <laughs> punny, but um, it's all about the cars. We don't want it to be about us. The fact that we're the conduit that, uh, that brings these fantastic and unusual uh, cars into people's uh, living rooms then uh, yeah, that's that's good news. But we want the cars to to really be telling the story, not not be about us, to be about the cars. So so where do you start when you're looking at which vehicles to feature? Because uh, obviously it's down to what manufacturers will let you have a little bit of a play with. But there's always got to be a, a starting point, and and where yeah, what is an ideal car for you? You know, people are going to because it, it, cars are so subjective, and that's <laughs> why it's so nice. And you say what your ideal car is, and half the world go, oh, no, how could he possibly say that? And likewise with somebody else. But I personally like SUVs. A lot of people don't like SUVs. Mm -hmm. I like SUVs. You sit high, you're safe. Um, but but there's, there's lots of negatives. You can see positives and negatives in anything. Anything in the world, you can see positive and negative. Personally, I like SUVs, but I also like, I love uh, big, fast estate cars like the Audi RS6 and uh, the touring cars. Um, I like a car with a bit more room. I've got uh, two children um, and always um, taking kit around, chucking kit in the back of the mm. car as well. So personally, I like speed. I like performance, but I also like safety. I'm getting on a little bit now. And I like uh, comfort because uh, many, many, many times I've, I've jumped in a car from where I live in, in Somerset and, and driven down to the south of France in one go. Many, many, many times. Uh, not just for the show, but so I like a car that I can jump in, be uh, do 150 miles an hour down the motorway on the autobahn, um, but also be be super comfortable if we're under a thousand miles in it as well. So the car that ticks every box, and, and and that can be difficult to find. And through what you're doing, and actually demonstrating cars which are you know, on the road that uh, are, are useful to people uh, as well as yeah, you've got to, yeah, you have that moment where you're thinking, yeah, I, I want my car to look good. It's got to be worth the polish, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah I guess. I guess a car, really, in, in uh, last week's show, we did a couple of SUVs, um, Alfa Romeo, Stelvo, Quattrofolio, and the AMG Mercedes, uh, 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 I don't even know what it was, GLC or GL, <laughs> anyway, whatever. Lots of letters, yeah. Exactly. Um, and I said to Tiff, you know what, this Alfa Romeo will get you out of bed on a Sunday morning and say, let's go for a drive. And, and I think your point's right. You want a car that you're, you, you're happy to, to, to wash or you want a car that you're happy to go out and have a drive in. Um, 
for a petrol head, but I completely understand that cars for a lot of people are just a means to get from A to B. And I, I get that. And there's a place for that and there's a place for them. No problem. Well, look, I drive a 10-year-old Nissan Note and I've just about managed to get it through its MOT this year, only just. But I feel comfortable in that car and I think that's, that's the thing. Having driven stuff like a Chrysler Neon in the past, again, it's, it's something which, it got the look, but one, it's like you, you talk about things not always being popular. I know it, it got hammered a bit in this day, but I like that. I, I don't normally fall in love with a car, but I did with that one. But, you know, it, it's, it is about an extension of your world. And it, it, it's where you spend as much of your time as you do sat in front of the TV watching YouTube. Well, not at the moment, perhaps. <laughs> With the <laughs> well. current lockdown. But you're, you're, you're right. And uh, you know, I live in a lovely place in the southwest, uh, right on the Bristol Estuary. And it's, uh, it, it, I, we call it a beach, but it's you know, brown, muddy sort of water. But it's still mm -hmm. beautiful. And I get a load of dog walkers go past. And with dog walkers... I always look at the dogs and the, the dogs always sort of seem to reflect what the owners do. I don't know whether you've ever seen that. There's mm -hmm. a, a, people say that your dog sort of reflects what your, what the owner looks like or vice versa. And I think it's the same with a car in a certain way. It's, it, it's, um, it's an extension of, of, of you in some way and it, and it reflects on your personality. Um, so, but, but not always, but it's, it's quite funny. And I suppose, I suppose that's fairly normal, isn't it? If you, if you're, um, if you really, really want to, save the earth you're almost certainly going to buy a you know a small electric car um if you need to commute and if and if you want to uh you know you want to be a boy racer then you might buy something a bit different a little hot hatch or something but i mean th things are going to develop in this way as well though i mean we're already starting to see electric suvs out there i've had a couple of quotes for them when i was worried about my car um and so it could well be that you your personality twin airbags and four-wheel drive uh could easily turn into an electric motor behind all of that well, you know, if you if you follow what the UK government is saying, then we've all got to do it within the next sort of nine or ten years, which is just frightening, considering how far behind we seem to be with infrastructure. In the southwest, we're doing a we're doing a shoot in um, uh, in, a, in a in a few days' time um, with some small electric cars, and they've got small ranges because that's what they are. They're city cars, they're mm -hmm. urban cars, and that's what they are. But you try and you you try and do a shoot where behind the scenes you're maybe doing fifty miles because you're going up and past up and past and up and past and driving around um and you try doing a shoot and planning a shoot for three electric cars that need fast chargers in the southwest it is impossible there is hardly any infrastructure whatever anyone tells you there's hardly any infrastructure uh mm. in in the southwest unless with these cars typically you'll be going from your home and you'll be doing a small commute perfect but for the to have that flexibility, like I just said to you, um, you know, I've often jumped in a car and driven down to south of France. You can't do that electric car. You need to plan it. Mm -hmm. You need to stop. You need to plan. It's coming and we've all got to embrace it. And, I, and you know, we want to embrace it. We're just trying to also understand that there are two sides to every single story because it's, it's not quite ready yet. And it just frustrates me so much that the government come out and say, yes, in 10 years, we're going to everything's going to be electric and you won't be able to buy internal combustion engine cars. Um, and here's a few million quid, here's a few billion dollars, uh, pounds towards it. And then, which is something that's going to affect everyone, everyone on this planet, everyone in this country is going to be affected by that. Mm -hmm. Yet HS2, and I'm not getting into <laughs> politics because politics are not my thing, but HS2, what is all that about? That's only going to affect such a small minority of the UK, it's 100 billion budget or mm -hmm. well over budget anyway. But, but something that's going to affect everybody has a few billion hs2 that affects such a small minority and i don't you know for 25 minutes of time it's got 100 billion i don't get it put the money into electric then you get people like myself who who 
really want electric to work to, to, to really embrace it and endorse it. But at the moment, the infrastructure is awful. And I know it's a corporate, and I'm going off on one here, Jason, <laughs> you shouldn't have asked me that. I know it's a corporate entity and, and it's all about corporate um, businesses, but the government really have to take the initiative now and, and do something mm -hmm. uh, and educate. And, and uh, I guess they got their hands full with a few other things at the moment. A little bit busy, but I mean, even so, making statements like that, we do need to see some infrastructure. Uh, you know, I, I went and said, I've seriously looked at an electric car and, you know, they were coming back with the Golf, which I think they've been discontinued, but it's got a range of 140 odd miles. And I'm thinking, well, I, I certainly can't get to the coast and back in that, so it's not worth it. And you're looking, yes, some of the SUVs you can do to 250 to 300. And if you want to serious, you're talking Teslas and I don't have 80 grand to spend on the, uh, the sort of range that I want at the moment but all that said you'll be exploring a load of cars for the remainder of the series on ITV4 and you can see more of it on of course their catch-up services with the hub and there's a YouTube channel as well for love cars so uh, what, what, what's the difference between the uh, the TV series and the uh, and then the YouTube channel about a year <laughs> 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 because YouTube's amazing you can on YouTube and it's you know on anything online now you can film something and you can you know there's some guys that will have it up live that that evening yeah. um, if we go to a car uh, launch or something but we typically we you know we we sort of our um, videos are we sort of polish them quite nicely and they sort of they look like TV quality although there's so mm -hmm. much difference behind the scenes so um, uh, and, and, and TV just takes so much longer with with everything just not with the politics the politics is horrifically long but just with the uh, <laughs> how long things take and it needs to go to a proper finishing house. Just silly things that you, you know, I didn't know, had no idea that, for example, uh, you can put anything you want on YouTube, but for, for, for television, it needs to have an epilepsy test, for example, which, so if you're driving through some trees and there's some lights coming through the trees and they're mm. flickering, um, for YouTube, that's no problem. But on TV, you need to have a, a, a certificate to say that it's passed and that there's, it's not going to affect that. So it's, it, there's all these small things like that, that, uh, and, the, and, 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 and the equipment is probably the biggest thing as well. So equipment <laughs> for TV, oh, is, is, I mean, we did it, as you quite rightly said at the beginning, on a very modest budget. Um, you know, we probably, probably, our budget for the whole six one-hour episodes of our TV show uh, is probably the same as about 10 minutes of the current Top Gear, which is, you know, put that in perspective um, and watch them both and then see if that, it's about the law of diminishing returns, I think, and see 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 what you think. But it, the equipment that you need is you can film a YouTube with a, a really good quality DSLR camera, mm -hmm. um, but TV you need sort of bigger cameras and and uh, uh, gimbals and all all sorts of things like that. The world of the gimbal in your uh, in your full on <laughs> TV experience, but you can enjoy it. It is on ITV4. Give us the time and days, please. So Thursdays, eight pm. Tiff likes that spot. So Thursdays, 8 p.m. on ITV4. Tiff Nadell, my colleague who was on Top Gear for 15 years, then he was on uh, Fifth Gear for 15 years. But the original Top Gear, which a lot of people, we had no <laughs> idea. You know, it's it, a lot of people saying we like the original Top Gear, just about cars, just about entertainment, just focusing on the cars. Um, and I, you know, with a bit of a modern twist. So Tiff likes this time slot, Thursdays, 8 p.m., uh, because that's when the original Top Gear came out when he was on it as well. So, uh, uh, it seems to be a quite good, quite a good spot and and slot, and you know we're we're, we're just so 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 happy to uh, to be getting the feedback that we've been getting on the show as well because I think people realise that we're a bunch of petrol heads, we're just a few mates going out there and bringing some 
beautiful and unusual cars into your living room. Yeah, but, but real, this is real. I think that's the thing as well. It's, it's not, none of it's false, fake or made up to try and get some headlines. It is all about the car taking the, the headline here. And that will continue with hopefully another series once the, everything's calmed down just a little bit. And also your ongoing work on YouTube. And where do we find you on YouTube? Oh, really easy. Everything's Love Cars. So all, all, all our social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, everything is Love Cars. YouTube is Love Cars as well. So um, if you put in Love Cars, we, you know, we've, we, we, and again, we punch well above our weight there as well. We've, we've only got a couple of hundred thousand followers, um, but we, we spent most of the time when we were building the TV show off YouTube for obvious reasons. You know, we, mm -hmm. our resource was on, on television. So um, we're back on YouTube with a vengeance now. So every Sunday we do a feature. Every Wednesday we do a little bit of a fun drag race. Um, but we've got some big plans for, for for next year as well. And like you said, Series 2, we're already in discuss discussions about Series 2. So that's quite exciting. There's some really, it's amazing. You know, it's amazing with television. You you you, you can go and uh, do a video on YouTube and, and reach 2 million people in, uh, you know, a month. Television, <laughs> You can go and reach two million people in two years over six one-hour episodes with, with you know, fifty-four different cars. But television is funny how people just focus on TV. But the the, the YouTube stuff is really important. It's important to us mm -hmm. moving forward. That's for sure. And digestible on demand, which is what counts. And it's easy to rewind than actual television, even with the modern stuff that you get on your remote control. But there we go. But it is the place to go for cars. Lovecars.com and the Love Cars YouTube channel, as well as Love Cars on the road on ITV4, Thursdays, <laughs> 8 o'clock. It's just, you are everywhere, literally out and about, and uh, we're loving it. Uh, Paul, great to talk to you. Thank you for joining us, and keep up the good work, keeping us advised, educated, and impressed with your, your, your driving skills, as well as everything else. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. <laughs>
you know, we, we took the actual track itself this Christmas. Um, we, started, uh, we started in June. Uh, so that's a bit of an odd time for Kellen in America and Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd written the lyrics round about um, late May, early June. And before we knew where we were, we were doing literally draft after draft of the track. Um, and it just sort of developed from there. And it was it was a really, really good process to go through. When it came to, to this, obviously, poetry has, has been your thing. Has, has there been anything converted into a, a song and picked up in this way before? Or is it, is it, was this a yeah. first? No, no, no. Um, so about five, six years ago, I had uh, a track called Soon It Will Be Morning. And I went up to the Andy Whitmore Studios in London and uh, I had a, a singer, a friend who was a singer with me, and we put the track together. But it's one of those things, because I had a full-time job, um, I really sort of just didn't really take it as seriously as perhaps I could have done at the time. Um, but I've got several uh, tracks now that have sort of lined up after, after uh, this Christmas as well, and that's including ones with Kellen and other artists as well that I'll probably be working with. Mm-hmm. And in most great musical partnerships, uh, there is a, a songwriter who writes the words and a, and a, a musician who writes the music. And th- this is just a, a natural progression for you from your poetry, I'm going to guess. Yes, yes, it is. Um, I, unfortunately, I, I used to sing in a choir when I was about 10 years old, but that's about the extent of my musical um, <laughs> uh, ability. Uh, quite honestly, when uh, I heard Kellen's voice, she had a, she got a single she put out last September called um, Hello Strangers. And as soon as I heard her voice, I've been waiting for a long time to get somebody that would, would I wanted the, their, their actual tone um, to be very soft and to be very warm. And she fitted that bill perfectly with the lyrics, the, the type of lyrics that I write. When you uh, are penning lyrics, obviously we, we know where your inspiration came from this time. But I, I take it, it, it's all of life. You, you're happy to write about any area of, uh, uh, of thoughts and, and, and feelings. Yes, um, particularly uh, it started 10 years ago with the poetry. I wrote one poem um, and from that, just, just so many have uh, spilled out. It's uh, currently standing at about 1,200 poems. <laughs> and you can, pick, you can pick out so many, and it is all about life. It's about you know, love and, and inspiration and hope. And it can, it can touch upon depression, which is obviously something uh, uh, people are much more uh, aware of talking about nowadays. Um, and it's from that that you can just then take it to the level of, of lyric writing. But the one thing I've learned about lyric writing is, is definitely less is more. I've taken out, when I first started to write, I used to be quite verbose, mm-hmm. but now I'm starting to be really cut it down properly. One thing you don't normally get in a poem, in effect, is the chorus. And although sometimes yes, but most likely uh, it, it, you get an occasional throwback rather than a full stanza, which is repeated. And was yeah. it an interesting process to, yeah, taking poetry and turning it into song lyrics? Because it, it, I assume there is something of a different mindset there, isn't there? Yeah, there's definitely a big mindset, a totally different change of mindset. Um, when I've looked at three or four uh, poems that I thought were very strong and that could be uh, come to lyrics, um, then I just relook at all the wording. And, and sometimes you have to sort of uh, make it uh, just fit the story a bit better because, you know, whatever's in your brain, uh, in your imagination, um, may not be that 
obvious to the reader sometimes. So, but with a lyric, you have to be very clear uh, very quickly as to what your story is about. So you have to have a, a good rhythm to the, the lyrics uh, in your song as well, uh, because you know, people, even though they may know every word and sing along, they don't necessarily think ab about what they're singing sometimes. And it's, it's getting that hook and getting them into it at the same time as, as giving them something which is catchy and they can sing along too. Yeah. Uh, do you know what? There's a number of, because I've, uh, since I've been lyric writing um, seriously now, I've gone back and listen, listened to uh, other records from many, many years ago. And then I just realized that because somebody has written the lyrics probably first and then put it to music, it really does depend on what the uh, composer uh, views or imagines that song to be. And if you really look at the lyrics of things or really listen to the lyrics, you'll suddenly realize that some lyrics that, that are quite deep are really in a very happy, happy type song. Mm -hmm. And the other way round, it's really quite peculiar. One that uh, is certainly worth exploring and something that I'm sure you're enjoying uh, making your way through. So can we expect an album next year? Is that what uh, will be happening here? Well, we've, we've actually started, uh, at, it's out at the moment with uh, Kellen. Um, she's put out an EP with, which uh, has the two tracks, which is This Christmas and the first track uh, we, we work together. It's called I Close My Eyes. Mm -hmm. That's a totally different type of song. It's much more of a uh, an autumny type song. Um, so that's what we're starting with. But we have got other, uh, I say, other lyrics in the pipeline that we'll will be looking to pre potentially work together for an album next year. So that's something to look forward to. And yeah. certainly, though, we can enjoy this EP now. So uh, how do we find it? Is it mostly on Kellen's sites or, or on your own? You can go to Kellen's site, which is uh, kellenhuang.com. Um, it's released worldwide. It's on Spotify. Uh, it's on, uh, I think it's on Alexa and every, everywhere else, iTunes. And also you could go to uh, just type in Kellen Huang on YouTube. And there's uh, lyric videos there as well. So you can take all of that and enjoy it. We're going to take yeah. a listen to the track now. And uh, Chris, uh, congratulations on, on the work so far. And uh, uh, fingers crossed this is going to be uh, a whole new career, which will be uh, hopefully both spiritually and financially rewarding for you. I hope so. Thanks very much indeed, Jason. Snow falls as I
Creatures Great and Small, The Tale of James Herriot is now available on DVD and to stream on Acorn TV. So tell us more. I'm joined now by the man playing James Herriot himself, Nick Ralph. Hello, sir. Hello, Jason. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. And uh, uh, you must be excited to have this on uh, DVD. It must be making you feel all rather happy and rather bubbly. Yeah, yeah. I'm on DVD and I see Acorn TV as well to stream. So, yeah, happy days. How did uh, the series come to, to be in itself? Because... Uh, I'm old enough to remember the original BBC series back in the day, and I would suggest that uh, based on the quality of technology these days, the images there aren't going to stand up to, to what we like to see. And with the, the seven-episode first series, this really brings a, a crisp feel to the, the fields of, of Yorkshire. Yeah, absolutely. We're so lucky now. We've got this HD um, that we can shoot in, so we've got these wonderful drone shots and crane shots, these sweeping shots of the Dales. I think, yeah, it's fully realised and it is absolutely stunning. I mean, that's coming from a guy that grew up in the Scottish Highlands. But when I, when I arrived there on the train, much like uh, James said, it much like Alf White, I think my eyes were just glued to the window. It is stunning. It's like a painting. And the, the imagery itself is part of the story, uh, yet you're telling the tale of a very different time. And, and it's the look that works, isn't it? This is, you know, no attention to detail has been missed. Yeah, absolutely. That's what they uh, what production were really big on from from the off. Uh, they wanted it to be authentic and and really feel that way. So I mean, and we're just so lucky because in the Dales we got we go up to these little crofts in the middle of nowhere, these little villages that literally look like time has stopped around about the 1920s, 30s. So it's just perfect for us. Uh, I mean, even the the bar from that we shot in uh, during the series that's a real bar as well up in Hawes in the High Dales. Um, so we were just we were just so as a cast when we were getting dropped off in these locations, you kind of look around in 360 degrees and just say to yourself, "This is wow." One and two, you could shoot in any which way here because it is all uh, stunningly beautiful. So we're very lucky. And the stories themselves, uh, obviously, uh, 
again from a time where the work that a vet was doing might be somewhat different uh, antibiotics not in widespread use uh, animals being such a vital part of the livelihood of the characters that you'll meet in the series and a, a real sense of importance of, of, of looking after these animals and and making sure they get the best out of them and and working with real animals in the show yeah yeah this as you say the stakes the stakes are high for these families they might have one cow and that can be the difference between that family being you know thriving and not so so the stakes are high even though it's just maybe one cow you're looking after um but yeah the, the animals were brilliant we did a little bit of vet boot camp before we started the show with our onset vet andy barrett um so we got up close and personal with sheep horses cows kind of going through the procedures we'd be doing for the show and everything getting kicked in the face by a horse and uh, birthing a calf you know just the run of the mill things like that um so yeah so uh, it was fantastic, but but they're, they're trained impeccably well, so you did feel at ease. We actually joke that the only time we ever finished on time on set was when the animals were present, and ultimately they were more reliable than the human actors. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they, they were fantastic. And there was little, uh, one of my favourites was little uh, Tricky Woo, uh, Mrs. Pumphrey's little Pekingese, um, who was actually called Derek, uh, which we really didn't expect this little ball of fur to be called uh, Derek. But the great thing about Derek was in scenes, he would give you a little back. So you would say, now, Tricky, have you been eating too much? And he would do this little grumble. He'd go, rawr, rawr, rawr. <laughs> so, so, no, so he'd give you he'd give you something. But if anything, he would upstage you in the scenes. You really had to be on your toes when you were working with Derek. <laughs> <laughs> and with the, the animal scenes and the, and the veterinary stuff, was there anything that you weren't looking forward to or that was rather difficult or daunting to do? Um, I think when it comes to horses, I have a huge amount of respect. You know, they're big, big, powerful animals. Um, so I don't really want to be too long at the back end of one of those. Um, but <laughs> but in general, I did at the start, I said I just wanted to do as much as possible, um, you know, within you know, within the guidelines, the rules, whatever. Um, but I wanted to just, I said, just throw me in. Uh, I want to do as much as possible yeah, when it comes to that sort of stuff. Uh, many births so far, because I haven't seen the whole series yet. Just episode one, I think, that's the only birth. Mm -hmm. But there has been yeah, various uh, kicks in the face by a horse, and we do a bit of surgery on a, a cow's neck. But the Christmas special that's coming up, that might also have some... Uh, animals uh, in it as well so keep an eye out for that one yeah, that, that is, it's always the cute ones uh, and, and then when the young that, that, that makes the difference and uh, i mean this is your first big screen gig isn't it really yeah it is yeah i graduated 2017 so I, i'd done a couple of years very fortunate i was working in the theater and then uh, this opportunity came along and yeah i just instantly fell in love with the character and the writing ben vanstone was just so good um yeah, every waking minute I had, I was going over those audition sides and thankfully managed to get the part. A great cast too, and you've worked with some legends on this series, including the late Diana Rigg, Nigel Havers is there, Matthew Lewis, of course, we'll know from the likes of Harry Potter. So the list just goes on with the you know, stars of Coronation Street too, and it's you that's up for the awards as best newcomer. Yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's been a proper whirlwind, but just so lovely and uh, and yeah, cherry on the the top of the cake was uh, was being nominated in the in the TV Times Awards. Just absolutely brilliant. But as you say, working alongside these wonderful actors. I mean, every week we were going in and they'd say, oh, "Do you know who's coming in to play? It's Dame Diana Rigg or it's Matthew Lewis." And we couldn't believe it. And of course, it was such uh, shocking, sad news to hear about Dame Diana. But 
I just feel so fortunate that I managed to spend a couple of days working with her up in the Dales. Well, it's just an, an amazing sight. You've already talked about the fact we've got a Christmas special. And uh, more to come, I'm going to guess, because there are a lot of books in this series. Yeah, we are, everything crossed. And I know the cast would love to do some more. Channel 5, PBS, everyone's saying the right thing. So, uh, so yeah, everything crossed on that front. And uh, hopefully we'll be back in the Dales next year. Uh, doing some more yeah absolutely and uh, recreating the times of the 1940s which were a, a turbulent time themselves for uh, these these people who were living these lives in already difficult circumstances yeah absolutely uh, absolutely so the stakes the stakes were were really high even though you know you might be looking after one cow or, you know uh, as i say but the stakes the stakes are high and uh and uh, and I think what just what people love about the show as well it's just it's the simplicity you know simpler times and helping out your neighbour and uh, so yeah especially in this current world it's so complex and everything um, but the other thing we were really proud of was that people would say they can't remember the last time that they watched the show and the whole family came in to watch the show together. Um, and people have sent in, <laughs> sent in pictures of not only the family watching it, but the family pets as well. So their dogs and cats sitting in front of the screen with the rest of the family. So really a show for the whole of the family, including the family pets as well. <laughs> this is where the appeal comes from. And uh, uh, you know, but, but a, a great show, a great series. And uh, something which uh, I think uh, we can see you in this role for, for many years to come as you bring James Herriot to life for uh, a whole new generation. And uh, generations past who uh, will be aware of the stories, but certainly this revisiting the scenery that's involved and the glorious way it appears on screen uh, is absolutely uh, stunning. Available now on DVD. A recommended retail price of twenty four ninety nine for the box set, and you can also get it on a Corn TV as well if you want to stream it through the convenience of your own internet connection. A treat for all, and I say that I think there's going to be many more awards as we head through you telling these tales. Something which is, uh, yeah, just uh, an absolute uh, feast for the eyes, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really is, and it's just it's those it's those stories, isn't it? At the end, at the end of the day, that have sold sixty million copies worldwide. These books because they're just so charming, full of wit, and one minute you're laughing, the next minute you're really touched. Yeah, and then and of course the characters they're so three dimensional because they're based on real people, and those relationships are so strong. So I think people can invest in those characters and relationships, hopefully, and uh, yeah, and really enjoy and uh, see what see what happens with these characters and uh, where they go. Well, as you say, All Creatures Great and Small is available now, both streaming and on DVD. Nick Ralph, thank you for joining us. Thanks so much. Cheers. Pleasure. That is it for The Milk Bar this week. Back next week. But before we go, Neil Curtis has got some plans underway for Advent and he joins me now for a quick chat. Hello. Hello, this is Neil. You've got something special for Advent. We can see one of your uh, videos playing in your Replace Clothes with Paint series behind us now, which is Man of Faith. Uh, so tell us what you're up to for Advent. Yes, I, I just released uh, Man of Faith and it's a video for uh, this time, the Advent. And I thought that I would like to do something even more uh, Advent-like. And I remember that when I was a child, I liked to open the Advent calendar. So I uh, invented some kind of Neil Curtis Advent calendar. And of course, it's, a, it's an Advent calendar with my art. And uh, you have to go to my website, neilcurtis.com, or to the Twitter. And uh, every day, I'm going to release uh, a new uh, video of my Advent calendar. So 24 
uh, videos as we head through the month of December on Twitter. So give us your Twitter handle. Yes, uh, my Twitter handle is uh, Neil Curtis News. And uh, the thing is that uh, everyone who's going to retweet uh, my Twitter uh, tweets, uh, um, I will um, sum up who has uh, tweeted the most or retweeted most of my, my uh, videos, advanced calendar videos. And you will get a prize. Uh, if everybody ties at 24, there'll be a draw at the end of it. But uh, your chance to maybe exactly. get something special from the Neil Curtis collection. Yes, and I actually have it here. It's a picture and it's autographed. It's a high quality print, uh, autographed and signed. And um, yeah, the, the, the person who retweets the most of my videos, of my uh, advent calendar videos, will get it. Okay, fantastic. A prize up for grabs. Neil Curtis News is where you're looking for for that on Twitter. And treats in store every day of Advent from you and your Replace Clothes with Paint series of work. I'm fine with my Replace Clothes with Paint uh, videos. Uh, unfortunately, coronavirus, as you can imagine, has, uh, has uh, had a big impact on me mm -hmm. uh, because uh, models have to come to my studio. I have to work with them very close. Uh, and also traveling is very restricted at the moment in Austria and everywhere else in the world. So uh, it's, uh, it's very difficult. But the project is, of course, going on absolutely as it's planned. I'm releasing about one video each uh, month. Mm -hmm. And um, the next video is actually going to be a very, very special, very cool video. And uh, it will also have music in it. Okay, so that's something of a, a bit of a change of tack. You like to surprise us every once in a while. Meanwhile, as you say, Neil Curtis News on Twitter, you could be winning that print if you are the person who tweets and retweets the yeah. most and then also comes out the drawer if there is a tie. And uh, you say, all that work, neilcurtis.com. You can check out the rest there. But Neil, thank you for joining us. Thank you too. And that is Bye. everything for this week. I'll be back with you next week with episode 598. I'll see you then. Ta-ra for now. Goodbye from the milk bar. 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 Yeah. Goodbye from the milk bar. Yeah.